Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey Geekscapists, welcome to a brand new Geekscape episode. I'm Jonathan London, your host, and every week I like to sit down with storytellers and talk about telling stories, where they come from, what mediums do they choose to tell them in, like movies, video games, comic books, TV, we do pop culture here. It is called Geekscape, so that's what the show is, and if this is your first Geekscape, that's the introduction. If this is not your first Geekscape, well, welcome back. Uh, maybe a friend told you about Geekscape, which would be super awesome. Um, you, Geekscapers, should totally be telling your friends about Geekscape. Uh, why not? We just came out of Comic-Con, and we had some really cool stuff happen, like our new Don't Hate Create t-shirts, which are pretty much almost sold out in the Geekscape store. If you want one, head over to the geekscape.net website, click on store, and order one. We also have the Wyvern shirt, which came out really good, and the 3D shirt. And we have these very dark blue Geekscape logo shirts, too. So um, there's tons of shirts in the Geekscape store. Um, and what else has been going on? Uh, nothing much. I've just been incredibly busy. Uh, Geekscape uh, has been an awesome weekly release for me from the grind of teaching and filmmaking. I'm usually holed up somewhere writing, uh, which can be pretty uh, monotonous and uh, isolating. So you swim a lot. And I, I was explaining Geekscape to someone and why we've done this for... Will this be 13 years in December? It will not. It will be 12. Um, <laughs> I've been podcasting for 13 years. And I was explaining to them that I did college radio and how much I enjoyed just the immediacy of having the audience when you make a movie it just takes a long time even if it's a short it takes a while and uh, you don't really know <laughs> if it's working or not like there's no barometer of feedback when you're isolated and you're writing a script and usually when I'm writing a feature script um I'm usually just like writing with this voice in my head being like this is crap this is crap this is crap this is crap because you just don't know and i'm racing to get to a table read as fast as i can and i can't do that without a finished draft so um that's like the first time that other human beings actually tell me whether or not what i'm reading is 
any good or something that people would actually want to watch. <laughs> so a lot of time by myself, uh, in doubt, trying to spur inspiration. And Geekscape has just been a great way to have something for you guys every week and regularly on the website. And now there's tons of podcasts as we are the Geekscape Network. And um, and so in that way, it has so much value. Um, my dad and I were talking about it because we just don't make money on Geekscape and it's just not what it's about. Um, and my dad was like, well, how much longer are you going to be doing that? And I think as long as I need that cohesive uh, uh, relationship with other people, that the thing that gives me context, I, I think that we got to keep doing it. <laughs> That's why I do the show. Uh, talk to other filmmakers, talk to other storytellers, talk to the audience that consumes that stuff and enjoys that stuff and celebrates that stuff, and just make sure that we are on this hurtling rock through the cosmos together. And it's kind of our way of looking at each other and being like, hey man, everything's cool, right? We're cool, right? Like, we're spinning around the sun and a vacuum of death and everything's cool, right? We're all cool. And I think stories give us context. We came out of the caves, we looked up in the stars, and we were like, what are those? And we made up these stories. Uh, that was the most basic form of giving ourselves context and security in, in that way, I guess, or, or, or transmitting stories or giving ourselves some level of longevity past death is to tell stories about each other and what happens after. Um, could all be for naught. We are on a hurtling rock through the cosmos, circling a giant molten thing that is going to uh, one day give us heat death and then cold death. I think that's the sequence of events. Uh, <laughs> it grows and then it shrinks. <laughs> and then everything gets sucked into it. Um, so that, that's where I'm at. Um, that's Geekscape in a giant nutshell. Uh, and this week is no different. I've got um, the filmmakers. They're from Montreal. They are responsible for... They're from their RKSS films. Uh, it's three co-directors. And I sat down with them at Comic-Con. And uh, they're super effing cool. Um, we had a lot of fun. It's Anouk, Frankie, and Yawn. And um, we sat down and talked about their new movie, Summer of 84. You may know them from Turbo Kid, which came out at Sundance a few years ago and got a lot of acclaim. I've not seen, as you will learn in this interview, Turbo Kid for reasons that I will tell you in the interview. I will now be able to go see Turbo Kid. But um, I loved sitting down with them. Comic-Con is chaotic. I didn't get a photo with them that could be the image for this episode um you know but hey we connected we talked about summer of 84 which is a movie that i started appreciating over the course of watching summer of 84 it was a really interesting movie uh i welcome all of you to see it as it releases this week in the united states um and this is our conversation before we go i want to remind you that we are throwing a seed and spark for our own filmmaking uh we're making a movie called stock and lavar it's a short film and on Seed and Spark, search for Stocking LeVar, as in LeVar Burton. And um, whatever you can do, donate, share, follow. It all helps. So definitely share it with your friends as you do this podcast. And keep going. I, I find people all the time who find the podcast. And I'm like, wow, I didn't even know you were out there. Again, hurtling through this rock in the cosmos. And... Um, and the connections we make are just come out of nowhere. And uh, and I'm still amazed by how many people find the podcast 
can reach out. And there are so many silent uh, listeners, too. So, you know, you can stay silent or you can go on Facebook and find us and reach out. My email is pretty easy. It's Jonathan at Geekscape.net. And, uh, yeah, I just like you being on this ride. Um, so here they are. Uh, these uh, This is Frankie, Anouk, and Yon from RKSS. And the sound isn't great because we're sitting on the floor at Comic-Con. But the content is awesome as we talk storytelling. Uh, go see their movie, Summer of 84, out this week. And enjoy the episode. Hey, Geekscapists. I got a special episode of Geekscape for you guys. If this is your first Geekscape, I'm Jonathan London. We're going to talk storytelling. We talk to movie people, comic book people, uh, TV, video games, pretty much anything pop culture. And I like to talk about how stories get made, the influences, the processes of putting them together. As a filmmaker myself, that stuff fascinates me. Uh, so that, that's Geekscape. Welcome. Uh, in this episode, we are recording at New York, Con- I say New York Comic Con because that's in my head too, but we're at San Diego Comic Con uh, and we're recording this. We have the Geekscape booth here all week. Uh, we've got brand new shirts, we've been meeting a lot of friends, we've had a lot of cool people signing with us, and I love Comic Con because I get to make new friends, and this is no different. I'm sitting down with RKSS, they're the filmmakers behind Turbo Kid. Uh, you probably heard about it because it made quite a splash at Sundance a few years ago, and they're back with a brand new movie called Summer of 84. Go online and look at the trailer on this one. It comes out later this week in theaters, uh, that's August 10th, and then for those of you who can't make it to theaters, uh, which you really should. Seeing a movie in a theater is like a religious experience. I love just the whole process of sitting down and, and, uh, and seeing a movie in a theater. It's something, something social and communal about it. But if you can't, it'll be on VOD on August 24th. Um, and so RKSS is like a directing collective, I want to say. I've got Frankie here. I've got um, Anouk and Yon. And you guys are RKSS, and like, there's three of you. How does that work, Frankie? I know, everybody is asking us, how are you still friends after all those years of filmmaking? I can understand how you guys are friends, but um, I had a a friend of mine, we were going to co-direct, and he said he didn't believe in co-directing, he didn't see how it worked, but there are co-directors. Yeah. Usually two of them. <laughs> you guys have <laughs> three is three. very unusual. Like, what is the process of it? Like, when decisions have to get made, I guess three is better than two because at least there can be a majority in the decisions. Yeah, but for us, we were pretty much always on the same page. Uh, we started making movies just as a group of friends, having fun, mm-hmm. and we kept that spirit. So, and anyway, uh, filmmaking is a collaborative process. So, it, I don't know, it's part of making movies but Anouk like how come some of you like you think that the three like obviously like I went to film school and I had friends who gravitated towards like we had the writer directors like myself and then you have the people who gravitated towards producing and the people who gravitated more towards art direction or cinematography or strict directing or strict writing Um, you guys never really gravitated towards like on this movie Summer of 84 y'all are the directors and there are separate writers like you guys don't I don't think you guys have writing credits on this movie yeah I mean you're the directors how come nobody gravitated towards some of those other like obviously you guys are writers because it's creative but like how come you guys haven't graduated like gravitated towards doing other hands like who wears different hats in this yeah uh, it's it's strange because when we were doing our short films uh, we used to do everything on it Mm -hmm. like the, the cinematography the special effects and everything Acting, even. <laughs> right. Oh, I got to see some of those movies. You guys are acting in them? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I got to see those. <laughs> uh, 
but when we uh, started, as we got more like, if I could say, like professional, we just got surrounded with so so uh, talented people mm-hmm. that just could bring their expertise to the mix. And then we built a team. And then it was weird at first because we just like, for the first time, we couldn't like touch everything, and we're like drawn to like you know take the the them up and just like uh, clean up the thing uh, in between two takes. But then people was like, no, 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 you're not that. It's right. not your job. Like you can't yeah, carry a C stand. Yeah, we get exactly. yelled at. Yeah, you get yelled at. Well, there are unions for this thing, and, yeah. and Geekscape yeah. is who aren't familiar. Like the the union process on film sets is pretty strict, and. Directors aren't allowed to touch a lot of that equipment because the cinematography union or the Teamsters, who here in the states at least control like the you know they do all the the, the crew, they don't want that stuff being handled by anybody else because of liability reasons, etc. But yeah, the thing is, we never went to film school. Maybe yeah. that's why everything uh, we learn is by watching movies and making tons of shorts. Oh, it wouldn't have mattered. That's basically what you would have done in film school anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you went to film school, it just wasn't structured, right? Like, it was like, you guys just made movies. Yeah, that's it. We just, uh, like, catch a, a camera, grab a camera and make movies. And just, like, just with a bunch of friends, and then we realized that a, a short film festival yeah. wanted our short, and we saw that people liked it. And suddenly we were motivated enough to continue and have a career. Well, how did you guys meet? Uh, we met in, uh, well, uh, Jan is my brother, uh-huh. my older brother. So, uh, but uh, Francois and I met in animation school, traditional animation school. Right, so cell animation. Uh, yeah, but... Uh, with yeah. digital or with on some... Paper. So, on paper. On paper, yeah, paper. cell animation, yeah. like Miyazaki. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so who are your influences going into like animation school? Who are like your storytelling influences? And we'll, and we'll, uh, I think, I think uh, you all ran to the bathroom when he comes back to last <laughs> um, what, uh, what um, were some of your influences in like filmmaking that led you at least to animation? Uh, it was Miyazaki. Was the Miyazaki was like the number one. one. Yeah, I nailed it. Yeah. I nailed yeah. it. I can always tell another fan. You know what I mean? Like what? Like that, like seeing that Castle in the Sky for the first time. I think I've said this story on Geekscape. Seeing Castle in the Sky for the first time is like a transformative experience. Like you're totally. like, wait, this exists. Like how did somebody? This came out of somebody's imagination. I mean, it's a step beyond Walt Disney. Oh yeah, because it's, it's all the character. Like the characters are real. They could be mm-hmm. like actors. A little bit closer. I just want oh, your mic. Yeah. They're perfect. Uh, yeah, so the characters could be like actors because he adds like so much little details to the action of the character that you don't see in other animation, but makes the people, the, the person real, mm-hmm. like tiny like. It's the uh, details. Habits. It's the tiny little idiosyncrasies yeah. that life has, but a lot of people gloss over it. It and I think attention to detail is something that I think. Uh, I, at least I, I, I didn't see Turbo Kid, but Scott Roger, who hosts our, our horror podcast, Horror Movie Night, is a huge, huge Turbo Kid fan. But, like, in summer of 84, what I liked about it was, like, there were details in it that I remembered from being a kid back then, and it just felt familiar. You know, the, the cul-de-sac felt familiar. Everything about the, the viewpoint from these characters felt familiar. And Geekscapist the movie is about a kid uh, and his group of friends but he suspects that his neighbor, who's a police officer, may be behind some of the missing children in the, in the, the local town. So he starts to investigate his neighbor, who's a police officer, as if he's a serial killer. And I'm not going to spoil anything for you guys in the movie, but um, it has a bit of rear window to it. Uh, I, I think it was described as well as a, a bit of Fright Night. But um, 
but it, it kind of has the methodical tension building um, aspect to it. Um, okay, you on, you, uh, you've, uh, Anuk, is, uh, Anuk you on, you've, dro you've joined us from uh, the bathroom. Yeah. How was it? it I, I, I <laughs> yeah. want to say something. Yeah, um, say something. <laughs> you're clean. And I'm impressed by the amount of people that are here. They're absolutely, absolutely spotless. So this is your first time in San Diego Comic-Con. Yes, uh, congratulations San Diego. I've been to many events in my life. I've never seen this. This is beyond amazing. I was not afraid to sit down and do my business. <laughs> like, I, I am amazed. Like, I-5 to the organization, I've never seen this. You would think that like, and guys, that's by French Canadian standards. Like, that's not just normal Canadian, that's <laughs> French Canadian. That's like the porcelain section. Like, that's super nice. Uh, <laughs> like, like, there's Canada, which is kind of like, you know, it's a little bit like America. But then there's French Canada, which is which is like exotic. Yeah, we, we, we do have, we're different. We're, we do we do have our own culture. Do you guys feel superior to regular Canadians? No. Don't lie no. to me. No, that's no, the most I, I think we're, That's because you're polite. Yeah, maybe. Well, we're Canadian. But, we're Canadian. But um, I, I think uh, we feel different. We, we do have a different culture and we do have our own star system, which is weird. Like we create a lot of stuff just for our small province, like films for us, TV for us, stuff like well, that. So. Actually, oh, yeah. Laurence Leboeuf, which played Apple in Turbo Kid, is a huge star in, in Quebec. Really? Yeah. And, but in Quebec, we usually do only drama or art house movies. I never thought that French Canada had its own yeah. industry separate from mainstream Canada. I thought just all Canada's and Canadians were like, well, we got to learn French sooner or later. And just like Southern Americans should probably learn Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so unusual to have a crazy movie like Turbo Kid. Uh, right. As, like, people assume that it's, it, it's an American movie. But no, we're... Uh, why do people? I assume that any movie that's made independently now had some hand in the Canadian tax credit, <laughs> because because America is so bad at giving money to the arts, like they, we don't have it. We uh, we shot a movie in Brazil uh, a year ago, and we got the Brazilian Art Fund for it. And uh, Geekscape is that's Guy's movie. I don't know if has Guy been on the podcast. I don't know, but we but you guys remember I went down to Brazil to co-write and produce a movie, but we got the, we got the Brazilian art credit. For it. Like we got this huge fund, and Canada still has it, which is why yep. you'll have American companies with a office in Canada mm -hmm. that are like, oh, we'll have a Canadian producer on the project to have access to your fund. Like we want to pillage your country. <laughs> <laughs> and so, anytime I see an independent movie at Sundance, I was like, yep, shot in Toronto or Vancouver or like somewhere in Canada, Canadian money, because there's none of that here in the U.S. And I would say it's good for us as well, like in Montreal or Toronto or Vancouver, when, when American budget comes in, like for each, uh, for, uh, each dollar the government invests, I was seeing the number recently, for each dollar the, government, the Canadian government invests in art, they receive $7. In, in in return really so it's it, it is it is a good business for the country to keep investing, investing in art so like deadpool for instance yeah. is shot in vancouver yes um, at the same time as summer of 84. right and you guys shot summer yeah. of 84 in vancouver as well yep. yes you guys didn't want to stay loyal to your french canadian province or is it just freezing there all the time <laughs> because as a texan it sounds like it would just be cold all the time and people walking around the reason we went to Vancouver is because the production company 
that uh, that was doing the Canadian part was from Vancouver. Okay. So, um, but no, we, we love to shoot in Montreal as well. So we were talking about you guys making shorts. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Frank. I was just saying that uh, on Turbo Kid, the weather was so shitty. It was miserable. You guys shot Turbo Kid in, 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 Montreal. in Montreal. Yeah. Yeah, I imagine the weather just is like, you might as well be shooting on the fucking North Pole. <laughs> My God, we waited two weeks uh, to shoot in April, uh-huh. uh, just to be sure that the weather would, wouldn't be so bad. But the first day of, of shoot, there was a huge snowstorm. And, uh, it was hard, physically. Really? So, and we said to ourselves, like, next movie will be in, during summer. So maybe it's su- in our subconscious <laughs> when we saw summer video. Ah! Wait, Turbo Kid was like your, was that your first feature film after yes. making the shorts. And how many shorts did you guys make uh, that people like really enjoyed that were like the Lord More than Festival? 25. You guys were making like 25 shorts. You, just, you guys just kept making shorts. Yeah, what we, was it about making so many shorts? After a while, you'd think that you'd try and make a, a was there a confidence build or like what was going on there? We tried for the longest time, longest time to make a feature, but we were trying to make it in French. Oh, you're trying and, to make it in French? Yeah, and in Quebec, uh, we didn't like. There's not really a, a place for that. Well, at that time, for genre film in French, like we said, like they usually do drama. So uh, yeah, so we had we switched in English, and then we got like our break with Turbo. Yeah, I, I, I think you think, only yeah. We think because it's changing right now, and we think we out it to change because of the. <laughs> It's true. Like, like so, so French-speaking audiences don't. And what do you do with, if you if, they go to the, the genre movies? It's, it's um, the institution that gives money in Quebec in our province. They don't want genre movies. They, they used to don't want genre movies. But Turbo Kid at premiere Sundance and then at the success of Ad, so they kind of went, oh, okay, this could work. We should go into genre film. So this year. There's a film, Les Affamés, which is on Netflix in English as Revenous. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, Quebec, we've been talking about it. It's a Quebec film, and it won all the awards. So it, that Revenous as well is opening more doors for general directors in, in Quebec. And that's not like the, the movie that came out like 15 years ago, no, the Revenous, no. which is like a cannibalism movie. <laughs> I put out a, a, a call to see what the best Netflix zombie movies were, and somebody said Ravenous. Mm. So that, that's on my cue. At least. Um, so, like, what? How did you finally make the leap to Turbo Kid from shorts? Um, I mean, who, who wrote the script? Uh, we, we did. You guys write, write it all together. And we were talking for, uh, earlier, like, about how like the hive mind works. So the three of you guys. Yes. Because is it? It's three. I mean, if two people get in an argument because they're co-directing, nobody settles it. But now, have you can outvote each other? Uh, yeah, but we usually try to not go into vote. Into a vote, right? Yeah. So it's like uh, we usually like uh, when we write, uh-huh. that's when we argue, but nobody sees it. So it's behind closed doors. It gets ugly, but it's nobody sees it, and we don't slow down any process. Does it get ugly sometimes? Do you guys sometimes be like uh, you're right or wrong? Some sometimes during uh, Turbo Kid, we got an actual fight. Oh like yeah, there was a, there was a fourth member, RKSS. Where's the fourth <laughs> member? Oh yeah, where are they buried? <laughs> 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 no, he, um, he he stopped wanting to make films while we were doing shorts. Like he went. I was, uh, no, I, I was making a joke. But, uh, <laughs> guys, I was make, I was making a joke. There was a there was really a fourth point. dude. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I feel bad now. No, it's a long time ago. Is he cool? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Are, okay, and sorry, bro. I I was making a joke. I didn't know. <laughs> now, okay. Our fourth uh, member is uh, our DP Jean Philippe Bernier, yeah. which uh, did the music as well. Uh, he has an awesome band called the Matos. Yeah, and, yeah, and if you love the, the soundtrack of Turbo Kid, you probably love the soundtrack of Summer Ready For. 
I do like the soundtrack of Summer of 84, and I was telling you guys I hadn't seen Turbo Kid yet, but Scott Roger of our podcasting network loves it. Um, and it, the thing with Turbo Kid, and I'll just be honest with you, is that I was writing here in the Prophecy yeah. when Turbo Kid and Kung Fury and all that stuff started being big, and everybody was like, oh, you got to see this, you got to see that, and I refused to see... I, I saw the short of Kung Fury, but I didn't see what he ended up making, the 30-minute or 35-minute thing. And I just was like, hey, I can't really see Turbo Kid right now because I'm playing in that kind of 80s nostalgia space with And you with don't want script. to get it in your head while you're writing. I, I totally get I that. don't want to get it in yeah. my head, you know, even though I'm making like a fantasy movie that's supposed to be closer to like Crawl and, and Dark Crystal and stuff like that. I just was like, you, you start hearing other people's voices and you forget, <laughs> you're like, wait, is this... Is this mine? Or like, what is, what is this? But obviously Turbo Kid's a movie that had so many influences to it. Like, what were some of yours going into it? Um, definitely, uh, after Mad Max was a huge success, there was a ton of Italian rip-off of Mad Max. And uh, growing up, we, because we were French-speaking, a lot of European movies are translated in French. Some of them wouldn't get to the U.S., but we grew up on those films, and The Last Barbarian and all those films we got the to new, see. The new Barbarian, yeah. And all those films we got to see very, very young on Those the are all po post-apocalyptic Italian movies? Yes. Holy shit, those sound amazing. Oh, they're fantastic. They're, the soundtracks are fantastic. The stories are silly. Sometimes the acting is not that great, but they, they're done with so much heart and so much love that you cannot help yourself to get into it and love them. I think the American equivalent is the fantasy movies that Golden Globus made in like South America yes. where they would get like they would get a budget and they would shoot like five of them and cut together the set pieces like they'd bother like if there's a monster in one it would, the monster would be used in like five movies or they'd use shots in all the different movies they'd all have the same shots but the dialogue would be a bit different but there they were was, really cheap there was a lot of uh, ninjas movies done like this as well Godfrey oh Hill, yeah Godfrey was the god of this he would buy a couple of old Philippine movie, old Vietnam movies, and just overshoot a couple of like three hours, four hours of Ninja, and then make seven films or eight films. Mm -hmm. And just splice them together, and with dubbing, connecting the stories together through phones, calls, and everything. That's how we got Shogun Assassin. Yes. Like, you guys have seen Shogun Assassin, of course. Yeah. Like, like, Shogun Assassin is... I kind of don't want to see all the baby cart movies. I'll just watch Shogun Assassin. Yeah. I'll watch the best of. I'll watch the one where they cut them all together and it doesn't really make a lot of sense. But it's the coolest shit from all of them. Yes. So this, so this was an actual legit like movement in movies in the 80s. Yeah. And you guys ended up growing up on all this stuff. Yeah. I never even heard of these movies. It sounds amazing. <laughs> you guys are going to have to send me a couple. Oh, yeah, We're sure. doing this. We're doing this. Uh, but now they're being released, like you can find them like on Blu-ray, on DVDs, like most of them. Like, Thank God for those small distributors mm -hmm. that buy those old films and give them proper release. Like, God bless them. Like, I want to hug and kiss each and one of them. Yeah. Sometimes you can even find them on YouTube. Somebody had just put the whole movie there and you... Like, it was so hard to find when we were young, yeah. like, but now it's uh, Isn't it's that insane? And you end up finding these communities of people who are as yeah. passionate about the movies as you were, and you thought you were alone. Yeah, you thought you true. were the only one who stayed up until 2 a.m. watching these movies, and then you're like, wait, I'm part of a community. And I'm guessing the community was a big part of Turbo Kid's success. Yes. I, I think the love we're receiving for fan for Turbo Kid, it's almost overwhelming. Like, we owe so much to everybody out there. Like from the people that get statues from Turbo Kid and art and, and 
cosplay and I mean we feel very very blessed like we get to do what we want to do because of them and that's that's means the world to us that's why the sequel needs to be good that means the sequel needs to be good for sure um, there will be a sequel <laughs> will the sequel I mean we're going to start talking about Summer of 84 but will the sequel be your next movie uh, it could be we have a, we have a few projects like lining up but yeah Summer of 85 <laughs> I know <laughs> you just have two stories that's it we, we spent them all on those 25 shorts now we only have two stories no, we're left we're done you're done we're tapped out <laughs> yeah, we have a comic book adaptation which we uh, we wrote the script for it in the a while ago, they have a boot here, like it's uh, the humanoids. Humanoids. Uh, the humanoids. Yeah. And it's a comic book. Yeah. And you guys are adapting it in film. Yeah. They, yeah. Uh, in French, they're called humanoids associés, but uh, in America, they're called humanoids. It's basically for the comic book side, not like right, the studio right. and everything. It's the equivalent of Marvel for Europe. Sure. Yeah. So we got this that also might pan out as our next uh, movie. We just like every movie that gets made is a miracle. So yeah. it's the first one that will get the green light. It's, so it's a little bit of a race between two or three different projects yeah. to see yeah. who wins. Yeah, I definitely understand that situation. Um, Summer of '84. How did that one come out? Of, like, what? Like, did you guys think of the, What did you guys think of this story? Was it in conjunction with Turbo Kid after Turbo Kid, or was it like similar situation where Turbo Kid just happened to be the one that got made first? Yeah. You guys had Summer of 84 probably first or at the same time? Yeah, it's, it's, it's the same thing. Like, it was a race with multiple projects and it's the one that got the green light first. So we, we went for it. Um, but we were interested by the story because of where it went with the story. Like, it subverted some of the classic of the genre of the 80s. You know, the, the Monster Squad, the, the Goonies, Stand By Me. They, they, they took those codes and flipped them toward the end and that's what we thought was super interesting for the project yeah I re remember it was in 2015 uh, at the LA premiere of Turbo Kid we met with the writer Matt Leslie and he pitched the story and we're like yeah we love all those movies and yeah everything he, you just said sounds awesome yeah and then he he talked about the ending and we're like oh my god really and then yeah We're, we're in, send us the script. Yeah, I, I don't want to spoil the ending at all for you Geekscapists, but I'll tell you, basically, the, the situation with watching this movie is, um, you all know that I was in New York for a while, and then I came back and I immediately had to go into prep for Comic-Con, and the whole time I have this link to watch Summer of 84, and uh, I thought I was going to watch it in L.A. with Matt Kelly, who came to stay with me, and he's helping with the booth here, and um, we didn't get a chance to watch it, and then finally, like, Yesterday, after I guess to me that's the, my third day. Today's Saturday. Yeah, it's my. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know time anymore. But it's my third day at San Diego, and I sit down to finally. I go to the hotel early. I sit down to watch it. I start watching it, and I had the same reaction that I had when I was watching Six Sense and uh, Usual Suspects, mm. uh, where I was like, okay, this is a genre movie. It's really well steeped in the genre, in like the same way that Usual Suspects, a great crime movie. You know, Sixth Sense is a really cool supernatural movie, and this movie does a really great job of doing kind of like the rear window. Maybe your neighbor has got something going on, maybe he doesn't, but the the suspicion movie. And yeah. and I, I I put the influences clearly. It's it's told with the language of the '80s films, but I always I think it's a, an older genre than that. 
you yeah. know and I'm, I'm watching this kind of Hitchcockian movie go along and I'm like okay they're doing everything well what are they going to do that's new which is like, was always my criticism as I was watching Sixth Sense and and Usual Suspects <laughs> and, I, and, and then I got to the ending and I even texted Matt and I was like hey man this movie's okay you know, I'm really tired, so I, like, I'm trying to look for something new in this movie. And then it hit the last 20 minutes. I literally, I emailed your publicist. I go, holy shit, what the fuck? <laughs> and she just wrote back, ha, ha, ha. Like, like you, they were waiting for me. To, <laughs> I mean, what the fuck? Yeah, which, is, yeah. which is so great, because Geekscape is, usually you take that 20 minutes of your hour and a half movie, and you take that kind of, energy and you put you try and put it throughout your movie yeah at least in your second and third act and you guys played this long game where you really kind of slow burn and then not slow burn like there's not suspenseful moments and that but you slow burn till the end and then it's like haha it's almost like some weird origin movie that we actually just watched not to spoil anything Geekscapers you gotta see it but it what was a fuck? risky move to do it like, of course it is we were like will people keep like be connected to the ride until they get to the moment like that's the payoff so oh like fortunately we've shown it in multiple festivals now and everywhere we showed it the audience loved it so i, I thank god yeah <laughs> we, we did something okay we're always nervous when we show this movie because it's so different than everything that we have done before yeah. like we, we have a background of uh, gore like gorgeous yeah. uh like we're we're huge fans of early Peter Jackson movie. I think of it into our, uh, our shorts and on Turbo Kid. And now with th- something completely different. But it still has our signature. It still has our heart. Uh, and I think that our fans that love Turbo Kid will still love this movie. Even if it's more grounded in the reality. Well, I think you have to respect the level of craft. Yep. Yeah. It's like what I would tell you Geekscapists who are like, oh, I'm a big genre fan and I love Turbo Kid and I want the same level of loud comic book excitement. You're not going to get that. Okay. You're going to get something a little more Hitchcockian than that, a little bit more like Brian De Palma style. And you just got to be ready for that tone shift because I... You're, you're yeah. going to make us blush with those examples. Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what I wanted to compare it to? I had Dean Devlin on the show like two months ago, okay. and he made that movie Bad Samaritan recently. Yeah. Have you seen the ads for Bad Samaritan? It has David Tennant as the guy who's like kidnapping women. It and, looks, it looks, and It's on my writer. It's look absolutely... I, I watched the trailer. I'm a huge David Tennant fan. Yeah. I, I can't wait to watch and, it. And, 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 and Dean kind of made a movie about a guy who discovers that this person's kidnapping women, but nobody will believe him. And, um, and, and so I, I, I was feeling like it was similar and I was like, okay, cool. Um, I think the language is similar, but I think you guys, it felt like you guys were fully immersed in all of this. What was the process in designing this movie? Like clearly the script came from somebody else. You guys as directors had to start putting together the visual tone and pacing is, I think, I think pacing on this movie was more, more careful than on Turbo Kid, if yeah. you get me wrong, because Turbo Kid, you guys can just cut a lot and go on excitement and go crazy, balls to the walls. Here, you really had to discipline yourselves. Yeah. What, was the, what was the planning on that? Um, well... <laughs> when you, they don't want to talk, you can, like, you're like stuck in the middle. Yeah, for those of you guys who aren't... Yeah. You what? You always watch a ton of movie before doing it. Yeah. What were you watching here? Um, 
Of course, we watch obvious influence because of the era. We watch the Stand By Me, the Burbs. The Burb was a huge influence on us. I think it's a very smart movie, a very underrated film by Tom Hanks. I don't think they understood it when it came out, but. No. But yeah. it's a great film. Is that Joe Dante? Yep. It's Joe Dante. Yeah, he's phenomenal. Yeah, he's a god. Yeah. Man, he gave us so many amazing films. I've been trying to get him on the show. I'm like, please. <laughs> I just want to talk to Joe Dante. I just want to pitch him Gremlins 3 with Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's it. That's oh, all. that would be fantastic. I know. Yeah, I'm putting it down here. That's what I want for my Gremlins 3. But you see, like you, you watch all other people made it, and then you made it your own. You don't want to copy but other people have had, had good idea, and you you watch the craft of others to right. develop your own craft. You don't want to copy other people, but you want to make things your own, and that's that's what we did in, in the process of making it. Yeah, wanted to stay true to our childhood, and when we grew up in the '80s, and it was not really like like we. People have the idea of the 80s and full of flashy colors and neon. Yes. And early 80s wasn't like that. It was still the end of 70s. There was a lot of brown and a lot, a lot of yeah. Stripes. I think we were I think we were still communally depressed from. I mean, as far as America was concerned, from the Vietnam War, from the Iran, you know, Iranian hostages, yeah. from Nixon, from. Everything. I think that we were still like. I think cocaine's the only thing that took us out of this sh like shared depression. But that brought something else. That brought the war on drugs. Right. And like it was on the news. Like be afraid. Now it's your. It's your in your neighborhood. Oh, I don't think Reagan fixed anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it, it started to get scary. Like, what does your neighbor is doing? Is he a, a truck pusher? Is he like a bad guy? And that paranoia started in the '80s to like creep in the suburbs. Like. Certainly, you are afraid of your neighbors. You, you, what does really happen behind closed door? Like it's, it's a little bit. People started locking their door, suddenly. Right. And well, maybe not in Canada. You guys still don't lock your doors, do you? Oh, uh, it depends where you live. Like, you guys are so I nice. Think it's a bit of a myth that nobody <laughs> like lock their door. Like if, if you live. I know we do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just for, to let you guys know, do not try and rob these kids. <laughs> they lock their doors, and some may actually have guns. Uh, yeah, yeah, no. Wait, we, really? Our, our gun laws are somewhat similar. There's not as much guns in Canada. But right. Our gun laws are, are somewhat similar to most of your states. I meant laser guns. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah laser guns. These guys, these, these guys have laser guns. Yeah, we, we had lots of fun with laser guns. <laughs> so, um, so you're watching a ton of movies, but then like visually designing some of the... Desi I mean, the, the, the designs have to work because you're building tension. You're building these okay. scenes where there are either audio cue or visual reveals, like you guys are doing something that gives jump scares, which is a new trick. It's yeah. a new thing you have to learn. I don't know how many of those you had in Turbo Kid. You know what I mean? Yeah, we didn't have any. Yeah, you didn't have any. Yeah, no, we don't have so this, any. So like, like designing these, how carefully did you guys go through the visual language of this one? Yeah, uh, also if I can add also that it's a summer movie, but we made it like very dark most of the time mm -hmm. uh, but yeah it was really a matter of just taking our time and uh, really believe it that the sound design is really important for sure but also the music and this is with the metals that we, we work with them as well but uh, yeah it was it was a, a really different pacing than Turbo Kid for sure like it was 
meticulous. It was meticulous, yeah. And it's just, I think we've seen so much film that you end up knowing somehow how to do some of it. Instinctually. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it comes from instinct, I think. And thank God, because we only had 22 days. It was really intense. What? Yeah. You had to. You knew you were under a squeeze to shoot this movie, yet the sequences you had to shoot in like required intense patience. Yeah, yeah. That's not fun. <laughs> like, that's hard. horrible. It was a real challenge, and it's not like Turbo Kid. If we can cut around, uh, cut corners, like you can get away because it's so seedy. Yeah, it's 80s. It's, This it, one, it, it's, no. Yeah, uh, this uh, needs to look pristine. Yeah. And, and you guys could get away with looking a little rough on Turbo Kid because it's like, oh, it's yeah. part of the fun and like... But both movies was really ambitious and thank God we had great actors because sometimes we only had time for two takes and yeah. those kids were, were awesome and uh, yeah, I guess uh, it's a matter of bringing everybody uh, try to uh, keep that passionate about the project and sometimes miracle happens. And every downtime we had was rehearsal time with those kids. Like every moment we had, we would just sit down and rehearse and practice so that when we get on set, everybody's ready, everybody knows exactly what we're doing. And it was, it, it's, it's like a math problem. You just have to figure like the recipe to it. You all have to play some level of AD too. I'm starting to think of like the, I'm starting to think of the, I'm starting to realize the advantage of having three directors. Mm -hmm. Because the rehearsal process, when you only have 22 days to shoot it, you have to be doing that during the day. Like a director, while he's maybe he's being just taken away by the DP or he's being taken away by a production designer, now you've got three people. Somebody can handle one thing while somebody's handling something else. Exactly. Oh my God, all movies should be directed by three people. <laughs> why, why are we doing it like this? I this is insane. I don't know, and it's more fun that way as well. But yeah, we storyboard everything. That's also how we establish like, all the tension and everything. Is like we have our storyboards that we establish in prep. So that way on set, that's where we split. It's the only time we split during like the whole the whole making of the movie and it's uh, uh, Yuan will be with the actors so that they can feel safe and really like they they can rely on one person okay. uh, Yuan uh, also will be with the, the storyboard and with our DP I'm and behind I'll, the camera yeah and I'll be with the head of departments but even when we're, we split we still like communicate with each other between each thing. psychically Almost. Like using sound. Almost. <laughs> Almost. Kind of. Sometimes it's just like a look and we know yeah. we adjust things. And, uh, but so we don't lose time. We really never lose time because we're three. We just like, we gain more. Like, so you guys are like a Voltron. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Like, think think of them robots. as Voltron. Oh, guys, we all love giant robots. <laughs> I had somebody, I had somebody yesterday. What did they say? They were at Comic-Con and they were like, Yeah, I'm just really into comic books. I'm like, yeah, no shit, you're a comic book. <laughs> <laughs> so somebody was like, yeah, I just want to go out on a limb and be like, yeah, I, I forget what they said. It was, it was hilarious and how obvious it was. <laughs> But they were like, yeah, I'm just going to say it. I love comics. And I was like, well, don't take that risk. Don't let anybody around here listen to hear you say that. Man. He'll be chased yeah. out of town. <laughs> They'll string you up by the lamppost. <laughs> But I remember we used to say that people ask us how does it work and well we have each uh, a different rings yeah how we, when we connect like, them together when you bring the rings together it creates like the great lantern boards <laughs> yeah and that's how we make movies guys that's awesome um you know what um my, my script is done and out 
So here the prophecy script is done and out. I, uh, I'll probably have to rewrite a little bit of it, but it's that script is kind of what it is. I think it's time I see Turbo Kid, uh, and uh, and we get in on this, and then I'm really looking forward to the giant robot in the Turbo Kid sequel. Like I think that I mean. You know, I'll go ahead and spoil it. I'm pretty sure there's going to be a giant effing robot in the Turbo Kid sequel. We uh, do love them. I <laughs> don't see how we can avoid it at this, time, at this point. <laughs> That's a just decent, a decent budget. We might have a giant robot. Or not a decent budget. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. Just be like, hey, put on this cardboard suit. <laughs> It's just, it's just, we know it's a nuke just sitting there stomping on cardboard cities. Um, yeah, uh, guys, this is fun. I'm, I'm, uh, I was, as I said, I was sitting through summer of '84, being like, "All right, well, you know what? They can't all be." Holy shit! What the fuck? <laughs> and that really made me a huge fan because that took major, major guts. To do and, and it, you know what it reminds me of, and this is to a smaller degree, but on a on a much larger movie is like rewatching Raiders, and I love showing my students Raiders of the Lost Ark because that opening sequence is like five minutes long of like the screen direction, and you don't show Harrison Ford's face, and I can just imagine the like the the guts that Spielberg had to have to have the producers be like, why are we paying Harrison Ford all this money if you're not going to show his face? But that entire sequence only works when you're not showing yeah. Harrison Ford's face and you're building this mystique about the character. And you're like, also in the screen direction, like showing these long shots of walking into the jungle and lulling the audience to sleep so you can have that badass whip crack and the fucking he steps in the light he's like a pimp when he steps in the light he's like fucking badass he just fucking whipped that gun out of the dude's hand it's all about the payoff and you're like holy shit he's larger than life now the most like the biggest money shot you guys did it for an entire movie you're insane <laughs> you well, guys, thank you. I like it. I love that you guys were like three act structure, three act structure, like whatever. We'll come into it. It's it's like coming like some comedy come into a gag. We'll, yeah, we'll come into it. You guys committed to this one, yeah. and it's awesome. It made me an instant fan because I was like. I knew that you guys knew the language. Watching the movie, it's sure. Like I was like, okay, they get it. Like they know how to tell a good story. Okay. And then you guys fucking did this shit. And I was like, okay. Yeah, there's something else going on here. Now I got to watch Turbo Kid and get the tattoo. Uh, I, I, I hope you like it. I hope it's very different. Turbo Kid is very, very different. Good, good, yeah. good, good. I've had enough filmmakers on my show. No offense, Geekscapers, but like I've had filmmakers on my show who are making the same movie over and over again. Yeah, and I'm not nice. down with that at all. Would have done Turbo Kid 2 right away and then you do the third one and then fourth, I, five, yeah, six, and then, and then you only do that. Like, no offense, Geekscapers, but I'm not into that. Like, it's no. not fun for me, it's not exciting, and it's not storytelling to me. Even uh, the people who has the money, they, they don't want to give you money for something different. No, no, they want to see you do the same trick again and again and again and again until it's not profitable anymore. Until you go crazy. Until you go crazy, they yeah, want you to you just go. dance. Dance, yeah. monkey. Okay, great, now dance again, monkey. Yeah. Okay, now now light yourself on fire and dance again. <laughs> like like, where do you go with that? I love that you guys mix it up, man. And, and we girl. want to keep mixing it up. Like we want to keep like experimenting and like do different genre. Like we want to do kung fu films. We don't want to do sci-fi. We we want to do different films. Like we don't want to be pigeonholed in just one style. We'll sin genre. Like I don't think we'll do a hard house like or a rom com. You could. Well, it could, 
a rom-com with a twist. When I mean, no. your heart unfreezes, maybe. Yeah. Then. No, it's cold. I mean, then. <laughs> it's as long as we're passionate. That's yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. If it sparks you. Yeah. Cool. I, don't count it out. I'm just no, saying, it's true, don't count it's true, it out. It's true, it's true, maybe. Don't it count it out. It would need to have an interesting take on it. Like, it would need to be like, like blow people's mind. Like, they, they go in thinking a rom-com and they go out thinking, I didn't expect that giant robot. I love it. <laughs> I, th I think that might end up being a documentary of you discovering a giant robot. Yeah. And you're like, you know what? I thought it was about this filmmaker who just discovered a giant robot. But then they fell in love. <laughs> and then they, then they saved democracy. <laughs> um, guys, thanks for coming on the show. Um, again, Ge you. Geekscape is the movie is summer of 84. It comes out August 10th in theaters. In August 24th, everybody can watch it on VOD, uh, digital HD. If you guys have your PS4s and your Xboxes and everything, summer of 84. But I'm telling you, get ready for this movie. You're going to be watching it and you'll be like, yeah, cool, I'm into it. And then, yeah, do, do this movie in one sitting. I want to tell you guys doing that. Don't turn this movie off and be like, I'm going to get back to it later. Don't pull that crap. I'm telling you right now, you watch this movie in one sitting or you're going to lose the whole effect of it. One sitting. And don't watch it on your cell phone. Don't watch any film on your cell phone. Stop doing mm. that. Don't I watch see, it on your cell phone. You're sitting right now. You're thinking about it in the, the bus or whatever you're going to work. Stop it. Don't do it. Like, watch it on a big screen. Yeah, and some of the stuff that's in this movie, you're going to get thrown off the bus if, <laughs> if you watch this. <laughs> All right, last words. You guys are good? Oh, yeah. yeah, support indie films. You stole my line. <laughs> support indie films. Um, and then you guys can find more of your work at like, your website. You guys have a website? Yeah, and find us on, like, we have a Facebook page. Yeah, rkssfilms.com. I think it goes to our Vimeo channel or our Facebook page. I don't remember what I set up. It's been a while. But it's either one or the other. Maintenance for filmmakers is not an easy yeah. thing. Like, oh do, do not go to JonathanLondon.com, please. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the Vimeo is for. <laughs> and then even that, Vimeo keeps changing like their organizational <laughs> tools. And they're like, we well, yeah, just added. I'm never going to use that. Why just... Just keep it the same. Uh, Geekscapers, we love you. We're at geekscape.net. We've made new friends today. That's what Comic-Con's all about. Uh, we're gonna, I'm going to get back to the booth. These guys are going to go on and keep promoting some of 84. Thanks for sitting down with me oh, and talking about the, the movie. It was a pleasure. Thank you for having us. I love you guys. Next time you guys are in for uh, Turbo Kid 2, the giant robot battles, uh, we'll sit down again in L.A. Awesome. Cool? Sure. All right, guys. All right, so that was the filmmaking team, RKSS. And again, go see their movie, Summer of 84, out this week. And if you want to help Geekscape out, go to seedandspark.com, search for Stalking LeVar, and if you can donate, share, or follow our campaign, that would go a long ways. Thank you so much. We're uh, rocketing towards finishing this Seed and Spark campaign. Uh, and then you don't have to listen about it anymore. And, <laughs> and it all helps. So let's, um, let's keep making content here at Geekscape in film, podcasting, and other media. Uh, really appreciate your support. Find us at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that. Search for Geekscape. You'll find us. You'll be our friends. And, of course, at Geekscape.net, where we put up all of our podcasts and articles. I um, hope you're great. Don't hate create. And we'll see you guys soon.